You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie, if you want, for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag, and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item. So you get one free item for penis havers, one free item for vulva havers, one free item for couples, and then you also get six free movies from the AdamEve.com website. You can get your favorite porn or an educational film. I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then, on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So, to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com. You're going to go to checkout, and you're going to type in DarkPod. That's D-A-R-K. P-O-D at checkout, and you're going to get one item, almost anything in the store, at 50% off, and then you're going to get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free, as part of your offer. This is such a great deal, and this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners, and I hope you run over to AdamEve.com and take advantage of it right now. Content Warning The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. You're listening to Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories with your host, disability awareness consultant, Drew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I'm, of course, your disabled dandy, Drew Gerza. I'm here to shine a bright light with you. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this show started, everyone.
If you are a Patreon supporter of the show, you know that you get the show one day early in a weird, awkward setup for me. Well, now I have some. I've I've implemented some new ways for you to support the show on Patreon. So if you go to Patreon.com/disabilityafterdark, you'll see now that you can get the option to sh- to pay for the show annually. So you can put an annual amount down that you're able to pay throughout the year and then you don't have to think about it for a whole other year so if that works for you you can do that at patreon.com slash disability after dark and also let me know other patreon things you'd like to see from me on the patreon to make it worthwhile for you to sign up i love we love i love your support i mean i run this show from my bedroom so i love your Support if you're able to, and going to Patreon and supporting me is one way to do that. Also, leave a review. Let us know why you love the show. Let us know how we can improve. I'd love to hear from you. But now, on to the show. This interview was probably one of my favorites that I recorded this past year. was really, really excited to do it and really, really excited to bring it to you today. On top of talking about sex and bodies and disability and all the things you've heard me talk about on this show over the years, one of the things that I love talking about in my life and watching and being a part of, I love cooking. I love food. I love discussing food and disability and bringing those two things together. And it's something that I'm really passionate about outside of my work in sexuality. I love talking about Um, food disparity, I love talking about the ways that disability impacts food, it's something that I really am passionate about, you heard me do an episode of Disability After Hours, like 121, like 107 episodes ago, where I talk about, you know, sexy, accessible foods to have on a first date, stuff like that, you heard me talk about in like the the fall trip tip episodes about food things and episodes where I talk about ways to with food that I've brought up occasionally in these episodes but I wanted to do an episode today where I talk more more directly about my relationship to food and disability and cooking and disability in general and I wanted to do that with somebody who does food and disability way better than I ever could my friend Alexis Hilliard, who runs the Stump Kitchen YouTube channel and is somebody with a limb difference. And we've been friends for a while now, and I wanted to bring her on the show to talk about her experience as a disabled person in the kitchen and also what it is like to be a disabled parent. So we have a really big discussion that goes off on a bunch of fun tangents, but mostly stays in the kitchen and talks about the accessibility of food and of cooking as somebody with a limb difference. And I just love doing it. And I love doing it so much that I want to have Alexis back on to do other key episodes about food and disability because it was so much fun and so important. So I'm really excited to share it with you. And I'm really excited for you to get to know Alexis if you haven't watched her Stump Kitchen YouTube. Yeah, you should. It's great. So without further ado, here's my amazingly fun interview with my friend Alexis Hilliard of Stump Kitchen right here on Disability After Dark. 
the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. Alexis Hilliard, hello. Hello. It's so hello. Good to be here. <laughs> I am Hi. so excited to have you on Disability After Dark. We I'm were talking so just happy. so excited. We've been talking for like oh, I want to say we've been we've been in each other's orbits for like three years. Oh yeah, I I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've been like friending, friend texting for like six, seven months now. More yeah. than that, maybe. I think I think more than that. Anyway, we've been we've known of each other for a long time. This is like our first yeah. proper sit down, look at each other's eyeballs. Yeah, though, I feel like I feel like the the pandemic really really brought us together in some weird way. I don't know why, but it was just like during the pandemic that's when we like started really chatting even more. <laughs> yeah, like all the stuff. Like yeah, totally, completely, one hundred percent. But yeah. you being here is so exciting because because I you know and I've wanted to do. I'm obsessed with food shows. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm obsessed with like cooking shows and like the Great yeah. British Bake Off and like. And we'll get into all of what, all of that while you're here in a second, but I am obsessed with those things. So that you being here is really exciting for me because I, aside from talking about sex and bodies, I also mm-hmm. love talking about like weird food things. I'm really into that. So it's that you're here. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I think I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people love that shit. So I'm glad we can explore that together. Amazing. So for anyone who's listening, who's like, who is this person? Why are they here? Can you <laughs> introduce yourself to us? Tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about who you are, what you do, and a little bit about how your disabilities impact your day-to-day. Absolutely. So, my name is Alexis. I use she, her pronouns. I live in Edmonton, and um, I was born with one hand. I have uh, a right hand, and I have a left stump. And um, the doctors think it was amniotic band syndrome, but they're not really sure. It's kind of their best guess, as they say. Um, and, uh, I do a show called Stump Kitchen, named, of course, after my, you know, one of my most favorite body parts, my stump, <laughs> and I, I use my stump as a kitchen tool in the kitchen, and, um, but I'll, I'll talk more about that in a second. Um, and in terms of my, my disability, um, I also, I, I have some mental health stuff that I, I deal with, and I have some chronic pain, um, but particularly with my, my stump, um, I guess it impacts my life all of the time because I'm constantly using my body in different ways, but in um, sometimes really small ways, sometimes in really big ways. Um, I'd say more so in terms of like the social like stigma and people being weird about it. That's kind of the most of the impact for me. Um, And then in terms of like actual physical accessibility and access and doing things, I'd say once in a while, there's an odd job that I'm unable to do that gets really frustrating. Um, so that's kind of like once in a while. And then recently, I just had a baby, like six months ago. Who and is so adorable, by the way. <laughs> I creep the photos. He's adorable. Thank adorable. you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Joven. And so that's like brought up a whole host of new adventures and challenges um, and really made me a lot more like vulnerable with my body and my my limits and what I'm able to do and not do and has made me really need to figure out um quickly how to do stuff like I you know when when you're born like with a disabled body you you your whole life you have to kind of get used to being that way and it's just all you've kind of ever known but 
when you have a baby, everything changes and you're like, whoa, I got to change a diaper. I got to dress you. I got to hold you. And you, you don't have time to adjust to that. So it's been a really humbling experience. Um, and I, I really want to do like videos about like, how do I change diapers? How do I put I would love in a to see that because like, I'm looking at your stump right now and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Something cool, but how I'm. How do you do this? How do you carry your kid? Like how does like Absolutely. like how? I have so many yeah. questions about that. It's totally fair, and like literally, like right before this uh, recording, I had a shower with Jobin, and like that's not something I would have ever imagined me being able to do. Right. You know, you know, having a shower with a, a six-month-old baby with one hand sounds like so dangerous. Sounds like Danger Bay. Yeah, exactly. But it was, uh, you know, it's lovely. Like, we, we do it all the time. And so it'd be great to kind of start to break down those, like, fears and stigmas. Because, like, I've had people with one hand and, and different limb differences, et cetera, like, reach out to me and say, you know, I, I never thought I could have a kid because I have a limb difference. And I'm just like, holy crap, like, we need to, you know, talk more about, you know, how it can be possible if that's something you want and it's not something you have to think that, you need to deny yourself, you know, based on what the world's been telling you about your body, you know, like, it's just, yeah, it's so interesting. Anyway, I'm off on a big tangent. No, I love that's, the tangent. I love the tangent. I, I love the tangent. I want to follow you, like, down five different rabbit holes right now. So Amazing. I'm going to follow you down one because it's in my brain while I'm thinking about it. When you were thinking about having Jobin, did you, like, did you have a conversation with your partner about, hey, I have a limb difference, like, this isn't possible for me? Yeah, that was, um, that's a great question. Like, we, no, we didn't talk about it in terms of, like, when we were planning to have a baby and start to get pregnant and stuff like that. It it was kind of really not top of mind. Um, and we were just like, yeah, let's do it. We had a, a great donor <laughs> in a different province, and we got to go. And, like, it was just lovely, like, trying to get pregnant. Um, but... You know, honestly, the first time I really noticed my limb difference affecting, like, my fertility and then my, um, you know, later after I, I had Joven, uh, was one time where we were trying to get pregnant and Allison had to be, my partner, had to be in a different city. So we were doing it over uh, FaceTime. Yeah. And so I was with our donor and, like, he gave me the stamp, the, the gift, we call it, <laughs> and I had the gift. And I was in the room by myself with one hand and, like, a syringe and a cup on FaceTime trying to, like, do all this by myself, like, get the gift and the syringe and all, whatever. And I, like, I did it, but, fuck, it was hard. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, I wish I had had it on video because it was so funny. That would have, I mean, YouTube would have demonetized you, like, hardcore. But <laughs> Absolutely. It, maybe not, maybe I wouldn't have put it public, but I would have showed it to some friends because, like, fuck, it was ridiculous. Um, so that was my first taste of, like, hmm, this is interesting. I really needed my partner to make this a lot more successful and, you know, pleasurable. Like, it wasn't – it was stressful. It wasn't, like, a super fun experience to do by myself. Um, yeah, as somebody who's never been inseminated, nor <laughs> – I mean, maybe I'll get fucked sometime, but I probably won't be inseminated. Is it – No. <laughs> serious question. Is it meant – is that experience, like, meant to be a pleasurable one? Absolutely. Like, it's it's meant to be whatever you want it to be, but – for us, um, with the research that we did, it's really we learned that it's really important to either have an orgasm before 
or kind of during because that brings more blood to the area and therefore oh. it makes the membranes more open for accepting the the sperm or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it just makes you more fertile when there's more blood in the area and having an orgasm does that. And so the, the goal was to try to like, you know, have me reach orgasm, have it be nice and relaxing and then do the insemination. And so for me to try to do that when I have one hand that reaches my vulva but it had to be doing like syringe and sperm and FaceTime and like the signal kept cutting out and like <laughs> oh, no. weird. and it was just like it was like a fucking reality show <laughs> gone wrong, Andrew. Like you, it, it was so bad. And like can looking back somebody, on it, I can laugh, but like fuck. <laughs> can somebody pick that up? One of the one of the big channels. Like can somebody <laughs> make that? Like you could call it stump. Stump, your, stump babies. Stump yeah, exactly. Like, stump bugs. I don't know. It's, like, just it's a bad scene. And, like, we didn't know anything about, like, you know, insemination and all that stuff. We had to learn it all. Um, and it's not the easiest info to find. Like, there's great YouTube videos about it. But, you know, it's not super common knowledge. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was a really fun learning experience for, for the both of us. Um, but then after, we... You know, the fact that I have one hand, it didn't really come into our consciousness other than I thought I would try practicing dressing a stuffed animal with a onesie because we were given a bunch of, like, hand-me-down clothes for, for Joven for when, you know, they arrived. But um, I had snaps on, on the clothes I was practicing with, and they were so difficult. And I ended up breaking down in tears because I was on the bed and I couldn't do these snaps in a very happy way at all it was just you know ridiculous and I was like how the fuck am I going to dress my child and I felt completely you know useless and ill-equipped and I was like what am I doing having a baby and I quickly got over that but in that moment I was that was the first time I was like fuck what am I doing you know um but since then I realized that a lot of onesies and shit have zippers Whoa, who knew? And so, or Velcro or like... Exactly. So I, I literally just like put all the snaps in a box and I was like, no. And I just used the zipper ones for a while. And then over time, I ventured into the snaps and they were... They take away longer, but they're fine now. And and I like with an actual baby who's like very forgiving and just like, whatever. Like, Joven doesn't care. Um, so it's, I just kind of had to do it in real life to actually realize that I could do it. Um, but it was a bit scary that first time. I was like, oh, shit. But, Do, yeah. Were there, I'm just thinking, were there, like, mothering or parenting classes? Are there parenting classes for, for amputee, for, uh, not amputee, for limb, limb? No, there's, there's nothing. And that's why I think on my on my YouTube channel I want to do more awareness around it. And I, I do have a series actually called parenting with a limb difference where I'm watching I it to, I watch yeah, it it's good <laughs> absolutely like I'm talking to a bunch of people who have limb differences um similar and different than mine some upper and some like legs um like talking about their experiences getting pregnant and then having their babies etc um because like I said before like there's such an absence of like representation or resources mm-hmm. and so if you look up like you know, one-handed breastfeeding, that's not really a thing that you can find, and breastfeeding is so difficult, like, it looks like, oh, yeah, baby, boob, suck, great, but no, it's like, <laughs> it's like, like a jigsaw puzzle, like, figuring out the nice, the way that you get the baby's And the latching, right? Like, the babies oh, that are, like... latching, yes, it's so hard. And how do you do, how do you help the baby latch if you, 
with one hand holding the baby and one hand in the stump. Like that. Oh. Exactly. It's it's very, very hard and it takes a lot of you know, some lactation consultants and midwives have that have a bit of knowledge that could kinda of help you, but a lot of it's just trial and error. Like I use my knees, my thighs, my breastfeeding pillow, the couch side, like there's a lot of different ways I do it now, um, that I wouldn't have thought uh that I would have needed to do beforehand. Um, but yeah, it's it's a big it's a big trip. So I, I hope to put more of that stuff out into the world um when I have time to film because it's hard with the baby. But Yeah, no, definitely. I think that stuff is really valuable because you're right, there isn't any education out there. And mm-hmm. it's something that until you and I like I know people who have who are amputees and who have like different limb different experiences, but mm-hmm. we've never really talked about limb difference in like parenthood. So I think it's a really cool thing that needs to be out there more. So I fully support it. And if ever you want to come back on and talk more about just being a mom, the great, like that'd awesome. Cause it'd be amazing. Yeah. It'd be so good because like, it's actually for me opened my, my world, my, my mind, my, my view on how other folks, other disabled folks, you know, um, go through pregnancy and, and, um, you know, child rearing or whatever you want to call it, raising, raising kiddos. Um, because you just, you know, once you start looking at a topic, you get so connected with others, right? And so I've seen more of, like, wheelchair users as parents and, you know, double amputees and, like, just all these neat um, things that you don't really kind of get to see in in life and in media as much just because of the lack of representation. So I love that it's, like, expanded my views on how parenthood can look when, of course, I knew, but, like, you, you don't really – think about it all the time if you're not experiencing it yourself it's just really really cool how people can do stuff it's so valuable and like i love your youtube channel because it's not huge but it's like (laughs) this little community that you've built around cooking and around like limb difference and disability and like i remember when i first saw you like years ago i saw a picture of you just smiling in the kitchen i was like i don't know who this person is but i love them and i want to be their friend and this is like (laughs) I saw you in something, and I was like, this person is great. Like, what they're doing is fantastic. And I've been following your YouTube channel ever since. I'm like, this, we need more of this. So tell me a little bit about Stump Kitchen. Like, what is it? How did it come to be? And yeah. like, And let's talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, I've been doing it for about four years now, and it came about because I was a vegetarian for a long time, and then I decided to become a full vegan Um because my partner is a vegan, and so I thought, oh, this will be easy to do better together. Um, but I, I didn't really know how to cook, and I was kind of nervous to cook in the kitchen because of, you know, you watch the Food Network, and you watch all these cooking shows, and everything is so perfect and scary, and, like, you have to know what Fast you're doing. Fast paced and, like, really, like, intense. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Very, like, proper, and, you know, you don't you don't drop anything or whatever. And so I was a little nervous to cook, Um but once I got some really simple recipes and started slow and got some, you know, encouragement from some, some friends, um, I realized getting into the ingredients and stuff that naturally my body, um, I, was, I was using my stump as a, as a cooking tool by accident. So, so like, what do like you a masher, like a, like a potato masher <laughs> or like, like a spatula <laughs> or like, like a, a lemon spatula. juicer. So you, so... 
Hold on. Yeah. I just got a picture of what you're saying. So you would take, so if it's a spatula, <laughs> you would take your stump and what, put it in the eggs and then flip the egg with your stump? Uh, well, yes and no. I wasn't cooking eggs because I was vegan. But, like, for example, I, I would be, like, um, I guess I think of a spatula as, like, the rubber thing you, like, you, like, scrape out bowls with. So, yeah. say I was making waffles or something, and I was pouring the batter onto the waffle maker. I would use my stump to scrape out the bowl to kind of get all the excess batter out. Um, that's great for, like, cookies and cakes because then, rather than licking the spoon, I can just lick my stump. It was great. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, like, yeah, potato masher, juicing any kind of citrus, like limes or lemons or oranges, um, is so fun because it's just, like, a great tactile experience and it works really well. Um, so, yeah, I w- sometimes I use it as a, like, a toast butterer. Like, if I don't have a knife around, I'll literally stick my stump into the margarine or whatever, slather it on my bread, and... All these things I'm talking about are on my channel. Like, I made grilled cheese using just my stump. Um, go you know. watch these things right now. <laughs> I have to go back and do, like, a rewatch because I don't... <laughs> yeah. And, oh, remember, I think I I think I sent this one to you, like, a couple months ago. I did, um... I, I of course, used my, my hand and my stump to massage kale, which, if you eat kale, you know, you should know that you love, you know, it's really good when you massage it. Otherwise, it tastes kind of uh, yucky yeah. and chalky or whatever. But so I made this, like, my one of my first and only sexy videos of me massaging Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where I, like, pour oil all over my body and, like, in slow-mo and just, like, massage the kale all over. Like, it was hilarious. So, you know. Using it as a as a kale massager is another. Um, it was hilarious, and now that that's out there in the world, I'm gonna put it on the disability after dark. Uh, oh god! <laughs> on some sort of social media to show it to the world. Amazing. That's that's so good. Yeah, I don't do a lot of sexy stuff online, but I I like I like that, and I I might do a little bit more because it's fun. It's fun to play with that sensuality and how you get to use your body in such fun ways in the kitchen. I think. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how some kitchen started like I I was cooking and my partner said this is really cool how how you are in the kitchen you should film this and I was like okay um put it out there people loved it and I thought this is really great and it's actually you know for me a tool of of joy and I um like I mentioned before I I have some mental health stuff that I I've been going through for about five or six years and so myself yeah right yeah hi hello it was Um, so watching myself and editing my footage of me doing something that was really bringing me joy was really helping me through that dark time. So it was like this cool project of like self love or, you know, joy that was like helping me kind of get through a rough, a rough patch and continues to on in many, in many different times. Like when, you know, how you go kind of go up and down. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And, and I mean, doing it. Mm-hmm. one of the things I love about your channel, and just just is some of the imagery, because I get I get the your Patreon stuff sent to my emails. When I see images of you, like a limb, a person with limb difference in the kitchen, like that 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 image is so so valuable. Just that image is like, yeah, this person can do this. Oh, like, yeah. And I Thank think you. seeing that is like, because I as a wheelchair user with spastic CP, like. Me in the kitchen is a dangerous game. <laughs> it's like, they, <laughs> like I would drop stuff. I would like, you know, I don't go in kitchens very often, and I have people who cook for me. Like, and I'm mm-hmm. very grateful for that because I just can't. So to see somebody who 
has a difference, totally different from mine, but still a difference nonetheless. Like, Absolutely. to to know that they can do that. Like, I think, and to, for other people to see that online and to see the stuff you've done with kids and the stuff you've done with, like, Matt Fraser and the stuff you, like, to mm-hmm. have, you've had big people in, your, in, in the kitchen doing stuff with you. And I think, yeah, a couple, yeah. Like, nice. that's been super, it's just really valuable to see that. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I do think that someday, once this pandemic is over, you and I are going to be in a kitchen together and we will fucking do shit our own way. We will get messy. We will cook something and it'll be a good time. As you long know? as you're okay with me sitting there laughing as I spill stuff everywhere, then. Absolutely. <laughs> have you seen my show? Of course you have. I, I spill and I get messy all the time. And part, part of the values of the show is that. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a certain way in the kitchen. You don't have to, like, not spill anything. You get to have fun. You get to make mistakes because I think those are all the – a lot of the things plus, you know, just, like, um, you know, like, just the the pressures of trying to do it the right way. I think those are the barriers that a lot of people experience in the kitchen. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I like to kind of throw those expectations on there, flip them upside down, you know. And I mean, I think that's so valuable too. Like, I think that's really, really important. Um, okay, I, I need to interrupt you because there is a dog walking outside my house, and it's a tripod dog. They're missing their one of their back paws, and I'm just oh. like, I want to yell at the window and be like, "Hey!" Me too. <laughs> Me too. You're so. It's a little old dog. Oh my gosh. Anyway, sorry. Oh, amazing. Because <laughs> I was I was watching your face and I was like, "Oh no, kiddo!" Like family thing. What's happening? Oh no, no. 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 Um, so sweet. Tripod dogs are the best. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the second part of my question, and I forget what it is. Thank goodness I wrote it down. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was. Why do you Why do you think accessible cooking is so important to you? Like, why, mm-hmm. why, you know, before you started doing this, like, were you when you were before you started cooking, were you like afraid of the kitchen because of your stump, because mm-hmm. of your limited difference? Like, I think I was maybe subconsciously avoiding it because I didn't want to deal with anything that I couldn't do. Like, I I hate coming up against things I can't do, and so I probably just naturally avoid them a little bit. Like, I, um, I had a really bad experience with my last prosthetic I had made for um, – I was going to learn how to play the violin, and it, it didn't work, and I had a bad experience with my prosthetist, and – that was like about two years ago or a year and a half ago. And that was the first experience I'd had recently where I literally couldn't do something because a person making a tool to help me do it didn't do what I consider the best that they could have done at the time. Um, weren't really listening to what my exact needs were. So I, I was left not able to do something and I needed help to do it. And I was like, fuck this. Like I was really angry and down. Um, so I probably avoid situations that I can't do, um, but I don't think I actively do it. And so when the kitchen stuff came around and I, I had to start cooking for myself, I, I probably was, like, kind of scared, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have admitted it. Um, but then when I got into the kitchen, started using my stump, started realizing it was like, oh, I can use this to my advantage. It's kind of fun. It's kind of neat. Um, and started practicing my knife skills. Um, started practicing, like, you know, carrying hot pans and, and figuring out how that would work for me and my body, um, it became such a neat 
like turning point because then I not only was it neat for me but it also became a cool maybe teaching tool or like new way of looking thing at things for other folks with some differences who are yeah. also like I don't want to go in the kitchen but I did have a pal actually who said to me who's also missing a hand who said I didn't think I could cook I don't like it's not anything I would have ever thought I could do um but since talking to me and, and connecting around stuff you know now she does and that's fucking awesome you know um but i forget your question what was it <laughs> the, the question was like why do you think accessible cooking is so important to you oh yeah i i think it's about like kind of um you know for someone like me to cook in a different way and to put it out there it kind of shows the world that different ways of cooking um that are more accessible for certain bodies are possible so i think that part is really important um and I also think any kind of like talk or awareness or or whatever that we can do around the notion of accessibility and cooking to 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 have it in people's minds that like, hey, maybe you want to check that you know countertop level or hey, maybe you want to put a chair in the kitchen or hey, maybe you want to you know um, consider like, like different accessible exactly. cutlery or like different yeah exactly yeah. like how how high things are how where things go like i i went down to um to colorado to hang out with my pal footless joe recently after she had her one of her foot one of her foot one of her feet <laughs> amputated and we kind of rearranged her kitchen so she could sit in a scooty chair and put tables kind of like um connected to each other so she could easily access all surfaces um, and we just kind of brainstormed that together, and it was super fun and made it way more enjoyable for her. Me, too, because it was great to kind of sit down and, and you know, take a load off and um, be be kind of with her at that level. It was great. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Just, like, having that possibility more in people's minds, I think, make the world a better place in general because they don't exclude automatically you know and i mean i think there's something really vital about kitchens just generally and then like if you can if you as a disabled person can learn to feed yourself mm-hmm. you there's a huge boon in like independence there because mm-hmm. not even like i want to be independent because i want to like shirk the stigma of disability but like i literally want to just yeah. feed myself so yeah. i can like feed myself and that's i think really critical i absolutely agree absolutely and i i think um that's, there's a lot of like tools and food products that are a lot more accessible for for so many so many reasons and in so many ways. Like there's even like um you know this there's this can opener that I use. I think it's called the Little Beaver, and it goes on top of the can. And it's so yeah, I love the name. And it's so much easier to squeeze and hold, um, essentially with like even just like your armpit, and rather than having to hold it with both, it's just a lot easier. Maybe even for somebody with arthritis, like it's there's yeah you're you're totally right. It's just yeah making things a lot more accessible. See, with my disability, as you'll see when I have whenever I get in your kitchen, my disability <laughs> is I have spastic CP. So the mm-hmm. slightest like noise or the slightest like bump of something, or if I'm scared that I'll drop something, my whole body decides to have a spasm. So my biggest fear is that we'd be in the kitchen and I'd like <laughs> launch a knife or launch like a hot pot at you or something. It was just. <laughs> I mean, well, that's that, that's part of it, too. It's good to know what our bodies need, right? Like, maybe you and I won't be, like, juggling knives together, and that's fine. Like, maybe we'll, like, 
figure out something else or like just we can hire a hot dude in to do that for me well yeah yeah there there are things we can do to get around that and there's other tools that we can use that are less dangerous if they're thrown in the air you know yeah totally um i and i i really think i really wish that accessible cooking was kind of more on the main stage because i like we said before Mm -hmm. we before i hit record we were talking for like 10 minutes about how I love food stuff and how I love cooking yeah. shows. And like you and I have been talking for a year about you coming on this show more regularly and us doing like food segments, which I now that, now that we're talking, I'm like, yes, we should. Oh, shit, you've got to do it, yeah. We should totally <laughs> do it. I'm putting it on the podcast so people can hear me say the words. Yeah. I've wanted to do it forever. But like, yeah. you know, I really wish we would talk more about this. And one of the places that I'd love to bring up more accessibility in the kitchen is that you were... You were on a a cooking reality show for a minute there. I sure was. Yeah. Can you? I like. I yeah. I can tell you all about it. Absolutely. Yeah, go. Um, I well, first I tried out for Master Chef Canada, and I got all the way to the very end, and I didn't make the final cut. So that was a close call. Yeah, like burn. Um, I think they really liked my personality, but honestly, my food just wasn't up to snuff. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah, Master Chef, you really got to know your shit. And I'm yeah. like, I'm a super amateur. I make good food, but, you know, it's not like, you know, Michelin star quality or anything. Um, but then someone on Instagram sent me the audition info for um, a show called Wall of Chefs, which was a new show at the time. It's, it's in its first season, so it's still new. Um, and I was like, this looks like fun because it was to feature like home cooks, um, just loving what they do. And I was like, yeah. And so I made an audition video and they liked it. Um, anyway, long story short, um, I got to go to Toronto and film that and my episode came out, um, just in October, October 13th, I think. Um, it's called Burger Wars. If you want to watch it, (laughs) Wall Chef Canada. Uh, food, Burger Wars. It's on the foodnetwork.ca. Um, I will. I'll put a link there because I'm going to watch it like right now. After this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it was like I honestly, I was so interested to know if they were going to make my limb difference a thing or not because like I, you, you probably like experiences too in your life when you're dealing with like other media, et cetera, you're like, how are they going to spin my disability? How yeah. are they going to, are they going to use this in a way that, that I'm comfortable with or that I'm not? And you're never really sure. And you're always ready to kind of be like, no, nah, that's not okay. Or that is okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I was, I was mostly curious. Um, and I was honestly, at that point, I was like, it's so great to be on a national stage. I was excited if they did want to talk about it in a way that I could, you know, help uh, mold the story of. Not in a way like, good for you. You're good for you, Alexis. You got a stump and you're here. Yeah. Wow. Look at you living your life. You know, Um, that would have been horrible. Um, But then I was also curious, are they just not going to mention it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Because, um, yeah, so it was just really, really cool. And it it was the latter. Like, they didn't even mention it at all. It was like the only time we talked about it was in that post-interview when they just asked you about your life. And then I got to tell them about Stone Kitchen and how I was happy to be there, um, you know, doing what I do in my show, but then getting to do it in front of all these amazing chefs. Yeah. Um, It was so neat. I really like how they they handled it. (laughs) Handled. I'm doing air quotes right now. (laughs) 
Um, and honestly, Andrew, like, they probably couldn't have gotten away doing it any other way. Had they made it into a thing, had they been like, oh, good for you, that would have been so, like, maybe 10 years ago, like, it would have flown, but still yeah. be problematic. Um, so I was I was happy that it, it was a non-issue and it could just be something that people were watching and being like, oh, hey, cool. And it wasn't even made to be a big thing, you know? Did you feel um, like you would want it? What, did you feel like the pressure to, like, speak about it? Did you feel like it was important that you, like, put it out there? Because I know when I do other media, like, I feel like, got to mm. talk about the wheelchair, got to represent, you need to say something. I, You know what? That's such a good point, and absolutely, absolutely. I think um, if I was on national cooking shows all the time, then I probably wouldn't because it would be part of just a regular life for me. But th- this seemed like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Um, and, and, and pretty new for cooking shows. Like, you know, um, it's, uh, folks with limb differences have been like on cooking shows, um, uh, like the Great British Break Off. Um, but it's not like a common thing yet. So I felt really honored, excited, um, happy, uh, to do that in Canada. Um, but. You know who I would love for you to collab with? I don't know if they do collabs anymore, but did you ever watch? Did you ever watch My Drunk Kitchen on YouTube? Do you ever watch? Yeah, like, Hannah like, Hart. Hannah Hart and you should, like, there, there's <laughs> something. I don't know if she does it anymore, but Hannah, if you're listening, like, please, please. Hannah, bring it out of the boat. Let's do it together. Actually, she was one of the one of the first YouTubers I ever started watching when I started watching YouTube. Me too. Then. Yeah. Me, right? <laughs> one of the very so first fun. people that I was like, who are you? This is great. What the? Well, and she's queer, so, like, fuck yeah. So that was, like, super fun. Yeah, it was just great. But, I would love to collaborate. Yeah, like Hannah figured it anyway. But like, yeah, I, and also Food Network. Why don't you just give Alexis a bigger version of what she's already doing? Like just, <gasps> that's totally so great that everyone can come on the show and we can talk. We can talk about accessible cooking and food, like nationally. Or out anybody out there who has a cooking show that needs wants representation, like this is how you get it right here. <laughs> um, it's so great. So yeah. on that Wall of Chef show, which I shamefully haven't watched yet. Um, okay. Have you did, did you feel like on those shows like Health Kitchen and all the stuff with like Gordon Ramsay? I always feel like there's this hyped heightened sense of competition, which if you have any sort of difference would really hinder you. Did you feel was there any of that here, or did, was it more like? Hmm, that's a, a great question too. I think this show because it was like. I also, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Canadian cooking shows versus American cooking shows are so polite and kind. Like, if you look at, like, just how ruthless, like, American judges and stuff versus Canadian, I don't know, they're, like, it's really cute, and it's very stereotypical, I know, but it's fucking true. Like, they were, the judges aren't super, they don't rip you apart, they're not as, like, mean or whatever. Um, And maybe it was just the nature of this show in particular, but I found in this regard, I didn't have any of my own, anxiety or nerves around like the performance level of it because it felt so comfortable naturally and they gave us practice time in the kitchen too so we had a chance to kind of get familiar with the and you know where all the props were and yeah exactly and so that was really cool and and the the staff behind the scenes were treating us all um so supportively and equally and whatever so um i think had i gone on to master chef I think that pressure would have been a little higher given the nature of that show, that the caliber and the expectations are a bit more scary. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to unpack that idea more because I think um, I think 
when you when you think about other disabilities and 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 other accessible um, like accessibility questions, there's so many barriers and so many like just like imagine the people that would and could and would want to participate that are automatically excluded given the nature of the competition. Yeah, like right and away, yeah. right away, I'd be excluded. But I can think like imagine how cool it would be if I roll up there with my attendant care worker and my job was to know what to do but I had to tell the person exactly what to do and yeah, exactly. I, I can't do it but they have to be my hands and I have to like right? tell them what to do yeah. and if they fuck up then we fuck up so like Absolutely. there are ways to turn the disability into like a competitive advantage and like part of that part of the game um mm. I just had a question pop in my head when we were talking about I want to like remember what it was because it was really good when you look at the average kitchen so if you go into like someone's average mm-hmm. home and look at the kitchen in terms of accessibility what is it that you see that you're like oh this should be this should mm-hmm. be different um i basically like for me personally looking through my own lens yep everything needs two hands like fucking everything like um not well not everything but like so many tools and products require two hands even where things are positioned like really heavy things up up top in cupboards like um you know that alone like just pulling something big down um to have that be more accessible put it at waist level or out already um so that's kind of one thing um just like and just really for like safety and stuff too um different tools that are like you know, hidden away rather than being like one of my things for for me in my kitchen that I I do all the time is I keep important things out that are you know easy to to access that are really heavy. Um, I put my knives in a safe kind of roll up thing, but I don't put them away. I keep them accessible. I keep um, like washcloths and towels accessible because you can put that underneath the cutting board so it doesn't slide away on you if you're cutting vegetables. That's a safety thing. Um, for anyone, regardless of how many limbs you have. Or yeah. Um, having open space, being able to see everything, uh, like, you know, n- not having crammed cupboards. Like, these are all really specific, I guess, to my to my body, but they can be really helpful to a lot of folks. Um, and otherwise, like, I don't know, I'm sure you and I could brainstorm a shit ton of, like, a shit ton of things that aren't. I'm thinking about cupboards. Like, don't have cupboards. Cupboards are ridiculous. Like... Yeah. Like right now, I live in a in a, an apartment with a little kitchenette area, and yeah. it's it's very accessible to somebody who can like stand, but I can't stand. Yeah. So my whole kitchen to me is inaccessible. Like yeah, exactly. Every piece of my kitchen, I'm like, oh, I can't go in there because I can't get anything. Absolutely, and you know, I was in like like sinks and stuff too, of course. But I was in a washroom the other day, not the other day. This is like pre-pandemic. Um, like right before kind of things shut down, where in in the washroom they had like uh, like a wheelchair accessible stall and sink, um, but I was looking at it and it's low, yeah, but the actual tap was way by the wall. So I'm and like, way far, so you, you can't reach. In a wheelchair, you can't reach. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what is the point? Like, who designed this shit? So well, they don't realize don't that the measurement of wheelchairs, like a lot of the things in the kitchen, like the kitchen sink or like the 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 stove tops or like any anything that is far away from if you don't have because I don't have trunk control so if I can't yeah. lean forward mm-hmm. and I have rods in my spine also that totally like ground yeah. me to where whatever I'm sitting in so if I can't lean forward 
I'm not going to be able to reach the hob. I'm not going to be able to reach the stove. I'm not going to be able to. Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't seem to consider that when you're disabled. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, with, you know, from a different point of view, too, like having my baby, having Joven, and I, I carry her a lot on my chest, like in a baby carrier. I brought him here. Um, and that prevents me from using, because my left arm is so much shorter than my right. Um, I usually have to hunch over quite a bit to do anything in the kitchen like cutting or opening things or, or working with food because I, I need that extra length, um, throwing my shoulder down. But when I'm carrying Joven, you know, she's right there. I can't, you know, like she's sleeping or he's he's like, you know, I can't squish him kind of onto me. And so I have to do a lot more relying on just my right arm. And so, you know, making sure the vegetables aren't going to go sliding off the cutting board or that I have all my ingredients first or that, you know, I have more time to let it take three, three times as long as it would have, because I'm, I'm used to using my stump and not just one arm. Um, so that's opened up a whole new kettle of worms, kettle of worms, kettle of fish. Kettle of, I, I, I like, well, I like that though. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd like to eat a kettle of worms. Not, no, no, thank you. Although maybe in some kitchen, that's the thing you can work on to make it taste better. Oh God. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's, it's made me, um, totally look at one handed cooking in a whole new way. <laughs> just, and like not being able to lean down or, yeah, yeah. just. Been made me very made me be much more creative in the kitchen. And so, what's my question? I had a really good question there. And oh yeah, are there from from your knowledge? Are there like stump accessories that one could use to cook? Like, do you have something you could put over your stump to help you do certain things? Or is there? Yeah, absolutely. I think um there for a lot of amputees and folks with limb differences. You can get just any basic, um, like, base prosthetic that has a universal adapter that a lot of different things can go on. And there's a whole host of kitchen accessories um, in, like, the prosthetic catalogs that people can get, you know, um, different options that you can get. But, of course, there's expense. And do you have coverage? And, like, and also, like, how does it feel on your thumb? Because, like... Exactly. Is your pro- prosthetist going to be good? Or are they just going to be, like, an just asshole. take what I made you because I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm helping you and I've got a savior complex and blah, blah, blah. It's just awful. Um, so there are. But there's also good old duct tape and, you know, spoons and spatulas. <laughs> and I, for sure, have duct tape shit to my stump. Like, I, I worked in a job once a while ago where I had to pull pork, like, cook pork and pull it, um, which is virtually impossible uh, without two yeah. forks. That's two, like, like it's, pulley it's really, porky really things. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way I could do it was literally taking a fork, duct taping it all the way around my stump, like, with a shirt on, of course, like, so it wasn't, um, you know, hurting my skin too much. Yeah. Um, and then doing it that way. And it worked so well and so it's 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 great like it's amazing how simple some adaptations can be if you're willing to use a little bit of elbow grease <laughs> or stump stump grease stump grease yeah and then duct tape um the shit that i duct taped to my stump like i could write you such a long list let's like, go i'm ready so... i'm ready go oh okay uh spatula fork um mittens Guitar pick when I used to play guitar. I've done a toothbrush just to try it. Um, Is it hard um, to do it with a toothbrush? No, not too bad. 
Um, the angle's a bit weird, but it's, you know, not too bad. Yeah. Um, what else have I done? What else? A spoon. I've done a spoon. Um, oh, there's so many more that I'm forgetting. Uh, <laughs> oh, what else? I, I, I don't know, but there's lots. Basically, like, oh, a hockey stick. Um, that was really fun. <laughs> um, yeah. And probably tons more that I am not thinking of at the moment. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> so... I want to move out of the kitchen for a minute and look at other food places like restaurants and supermarkets in terms yeah. of, like, your lens as somebody with a, with a stump, as somebody with a limb difference. Like, how does, how does they going to a restaurant differ for you from, say, somebody with, an, with, a, with two hands? Or does it? You know, fuck, it's been so long since I've been to a restaurant. And they're like, 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 what is that? What, what's what that? is that? Yeah. Yeah. But, like... So I've got two stories about restaurants and supermarkets. The first one is restaurants, they don't really, for me personally, hasn't haven't really noticed too much of a difference. Um, but somebody I know who has one hand um, has been uh, asked and almost, almost forcefully by a server um, to have their food cut up for them because they believe that they couldn't do it themselves. And she had to really kind of like get in their face and be like, hey, this it's fine. Like, but this person was, like, so persistent around, like, helping her cut up her food. It was just, yeah. I don't know what it, like, it just must have felt so was, awful. On it was probably, things. they were probably thinking only about liability and, like, if this person hurts themselves, they'll sue us now. Oh, I never even thought about that. Like, so, huh. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that that's no, yeah. where their brain probably was. Like, oh, my God, this person cuts their, they're already, this per- person was probably thinking from an ableist mindset of, like, if mm. this person cuts themselves in the restaurant, they're already in something with a lens rinse. It would look horrible for us. Oh, and so that's such I, a good point. I never thought of that. But yeah, that doesn't mean... still that, shitty. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> like, she can, if she can do it and she tells you she can do it, then she can do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that was a weird time. It hasn't happened to me. Um, so restaurants has kind of been a non-issue, I'll say. Yeah. Knock on wood for hopefully that stays the way. Uh, but fucking super supermarkets, grocery stores. Um, I think uh, you know, um, accessibility-wise, I love using a cart rather than a basket. It's just for my own my back and chronic pain and holding things with my stuff. That's yeah. one thing. But it's the checkouts that are kind of the most like like how I said before how my my main issues are around like this like society and people's perceptions and stuff. Yeah. And, um, so for me, it's a matter of people imposing their like begging my groceries for me type thing or like oh honey do you need help do you, here let me help wow all these things like, and you're like no i run a fucking kitchen i'm good yeah, I, got, yeah. I, got, I got this yeah and some days i'm like sure you can beg my groceries yeah that's fine but most days i'm just like fuck because the assumption of course is oh good for you or oh you can't do this let me help you and I know people, like, hearts are in their place, and I get that, but, like, it just it's so degrading and yucky when it's over and over and over again. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's not to say that sometimes I don't need help. Of course I do. There are many times that I do need help. I just want to be the person to ask for that support. Yeah, of course. Um, but so, yeah, so always when, I, when I'm at the checkout, I'm just like, okay, is it going to be weird or is it going to be okay? And I, I sometimes try to, like, consciously hide my arm just so that I don't have to have a weird interaction. 
or I'll just go to the self checkouts um, and just like kind of do it myself. Yeah. Um, if I can. So I, I'd say like on a scale of you know zero to ten, it's probably like a four on an uncomfortability. It's not like the worst thing, but it's also not something. Not something like, you like want to do every day. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I'm sure you have those those types of things too, right? Like some experiences are you know are going to be awful, and some are like, eh, I can deal with it. But it I mean, I haven't gone to a supermarket in well over a year because yeah, that's true. I just get shit delivered to me now because it's just easier, and like I have uh, somebody like me too. do the shopping for me, and I go, oh, thank you, here's a tip, bye, like see you later, and I don't have to like do anything. But I remember when I used when I used to go to supermarkets, and I think I told the story before. Like mm-hmm. I went to a supermarket a couple years ago with my friend, and she had come from the city to visit me. I was living out, out north, and so mm-hmm. she come from Toronto to visit me, mm-hmm. and so we're hanging out. And I said, oh, let's go to the store. We can walk there, and I'll buy you dinner. So we go to the store, and she's my hands, and I'm telling her what we, what I, we want to get. And we're like getting stuff together. We're laughing. We're just playing around the supermarket, and this lady, this older lady, walks up right to her and goes. Oh, it's so nice that you're out with him right now. My friend goes, yeah, he's, uh-huh. We're out together. We're friends. And she goes, it's so nice that you're taking care of him. And again, she's an older lady, probably in her 70s or whatever. So we stay polite. But mm-hmm. she was like, it's so nice you're taking care of him. And my friend goes, no, no, he's buying me dinner. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's taking care of me right now. So, and I mean, my experience, other experiences in the supermarket have been like, you know, Going there and ha- having to ask for one of their stock people to, mm-hmm. like, walk around with me. And sometimes they're really jovial and happy to do it. And sometimes they're like, oh, okay, oh. like I guess I can walk around with you. Like, sure. And, like, Absolutely. it's like, oh, sorry, I just wanted to feed myself. That's why I'm here. <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah, I'm here to give you my money and support your fucking business. But yeah, like, <laughs> like, so I think... You know, supermarket accessibility, even though self-checkouts for me are totally impossible. Like, mm-hmm. I have had so many times where a stock person will have to put the bag on the back of my chair and will not know how to do that and will be afraid to, like, mm-hmm. touch the wheelchair or be too eager to touch the wheelchair. Like, at one point when yeah, I was... Like, don't. Yeah, like, please don't touch my chair. But also, at one point I remember I, was, I left the store one time and I had gotten all these groceries. And it was, like, the dead of winter, and it was before they had, like, Instacart and all these services. So I was mm-hmm. walking home with the groceries, and the bag ripped. The stock person <laughs> didn't put the bag, didn't double bag it like I asked them to. Oh, the bag yeah. ripped, and I had, like, cans of tuna falling, full chickens falling, my salad, oh, like, everything on the side of the road. And, okay, I'm standing there, and all these people are walking by me, but no one's stopping. The fuck? I'm standing there with my whole grocery on the ground. What the fuck? Being like, what do I do here? I can't leave it because someone's going to steal my... <laughs> I can't leave yeah. it. But yeah. I can't. So I had to eventually, like, run back inside the store, beg the stock guy to, like, put a coat on because it was the dead of winter, grab my stuff, somehow rearrange it so I could get it home, and yeah. I ran back to my house. <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but I did it. You fucking did it, yeah, because they didn't do their job properly, and, like, that's awful. I'm really sorry that happened, and I'm fucking glad you stuck with it and made them come and fix it like, for you. I love that I have Instacart. I love that that's an option now, but I will say, as a disabled person, I do, not just because of pandemic, whatever, but I do also miss, like, I love going to the grocery store. 
I love yeah. going to like the shop for drug mart and just walking around for a couple hours. Yeah, absolutely. Like, looking at stuff and looking at the food and but even yeah. that process, like if I go to the grocery store alone, talking about accessibility, I wish that the the sections where the food was were mm-hmm. open and bigger so that somebody in a wheelchair could get in to where say mm-hmm. the I'm just thinking like where they put the produce. I can't reach yeah. where the, where any of the produce is. It's quite high. It's quite back. Yeah, it's like it could be a lot lower, more yeah. wide. Like, and all the bags and stuff, and and the scales are all way up high. Like, none of that was designed with wheelchair users in mind. No. You know, so absolutely. You know what? You and I could we could fucking design the coolest grocery store and the coolest restaurant. We could call you know, it. Let's let's quit our call jobs. It, let's, we could call, call it, it Gims Grocers. I'll call it that. Absolutely, like, and then like a sweet coffee shop, and I could cook, and you could be the sexy host. And it would I mean, so I'm there nice. for that. Cause, like, <laughs> somebody give us a twenty thousand dollar grant to get. No, twenty thousand. We need like a hundred thousand at least. Okay, we'll serve <laughs> twenty grand, and then we'll go on from there. That would be so nice. Like, ugh. and I like I aside from like sexy stuff that I do, I I love food stuff I'm obsessed with it I watch every cooking show I sit on mm-hmm. YouTube and I watch people make stuff because I, I can't so for me it's like this weird comfort thing of like I wonder how I would do this and watch That's like crazy. I said earlier watching you do it, it I don't know it feels just comfortable because like I, again I can never do it but at That's least so another nice. disabled person's doing it so like yeah. that's cool that makes me so happy like Probably the best compliment I've ever received. So oh, it's, so it's true. Like it really is something that I like. I will, because I, I get all your stuff, and I'm, I, I admittedly haven't watched enough of it, so I'm gonna go back and do like a, a big rewatch. But like, <laughs> I, I just think it's valuable to do the stuff you're putting out there and to show that cooking, cooking, that you're showing that disabled people fucking eat. People forget yeah. that we like have to feed ourselves. Absolutely, yeah. That like we live normal lives that have other like normal jobs in it that everybody else needs to do. Yeah, totally. Um, I want to shift gears because you mm-hmm. came out on social media about something that I think is really important. And on this show, I talk about the media representations of disabled people a lot because I yeah. think it's important to always talk about that. And recently, the new The Witches movie came out with Anne Hathaway yeah. and yeah. Olive, um, Octavia Spencer and. Chris Rock and all these people. Anyway, so the Anne Hathaway plays the witch, the Grand High Priestess witch, whatever their name is. And <laughs> there, there was an issue within the dis- disability community and people with limb differences like yourself were rightfully upset because the characterization of the witch was that she didn't have some limbs. She, had, she was missing two fingers, right? Yeah, on the tent. Yeah, absolutely. Um and this this kind of stems from like so there's a, a couple of things happening here. So like the original story, the witches had all five fingers. Um, they just had kind of claws. And so the fact that they that the directors or the produce, whoever decides the stuff, the director I guess, chose to you know make a character more scary, more evil by adding this limb difference, which looks extremely like you know they can say oh it's just a costume or it's just an effect or whatever yeah that's fine like a lot of people use effects in movies and whatever however this particular effect was a not in the original and b looks exactly like ectodactyly um which is a a real limb difference um 
in the world that um, people I know in my life, you know, um, have experienced uh, situations where growing up they were called monsters, um, which, you know, a witch in movies is a form of a monster. Um, and so, uh, so just like, you know, the problematic notion of using disability as something to make somebody more scary, more gross. That age-old trope of the thing that we've been seeing forever exactly, and ever in film. Exactly, yeah, for sure. Um, so that was just, I think, really unfortunate and problematic in this day and age. And so the fact that people were able to kind of band together online and so many people with limb differences of all different types and all different disabilities um, lots of actors with limb differences were also coming out to talk about it um, it was just so so beautiful to see um, where we were all kind of like uplifting each other and, and supporting each other and it wasn't like you know saying oh I'm halfway you suck or like Warner Brothers you suck it was just like a calling in to be like hey let's notice this and actually see what the effects could be like I I told this story to a friend of mine to Footless Joe on one of her um uh podcast or um sorry her one of her episodes on YouTube like there was a a kid who's was talking to his mom about they like they saw an ad for it and for the movie and he uh has, has a little difference um just you know similar to the to the Grand High Witches and he looked at his mom and said, like, why Why would they do that, mom? And then said, I'm not a witch, mom. In this, like, you know, this notion of, like, kids are so impressionable and can kind of, you know, was trying to kind of convince his mom that, like, he's not evil. Like, hey, I, I'm not like that, right? Like, you have such a wild imagination when you're that young that movies have can have such an effect on, yeah. on who, you Dude, know. Dude, I'm 36, and, like, movies have an effect on me. Like, right, right? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, and, you know, when you have a body that is very, very different, and, you know, me, I've experienced people not wanting to touch me because they think I'm, it's gross or they'll catch it or, you know, this is something that is so, uh, such a common story for folks with disabilities. Um you know, when you see something like this in a movie that didn't need to be there, and the way that it was portrayed, you're just like, oh, come on. Really? Yeah, because it just rein- reinforces all of the, the stuff people already think but are too afraid to say, because the trouble with our society, particularly Canadian society, is we're so polite, but we all think oh, that okay. stuff, and this pandemic has reminded us that, like, we have racism sure. here, we have ableism oh, here, we have absolutely. all of the stuff here that we like in Canadian society to pretend like we're not perpetuating but yeah we are um absolutely absolutely and i watched your 18 minute video of you talking about it and i i honestly cried at the end because i was like oh. first of all that's hard to watch because like mm. my friend is talking about something that's really hard for for her oh, plus like we've all been the as a disabled person we've all been the butt of some some cripple joke some disability joke like we've all been there and to see it on screen by an actress that a lot of us you know, I, I, I like Anne Hathaway's stuff. I will also yeah, like her stuff. Like I think her response also was appropriate. Um, yep. I yep. still am like, I'm glad you backtracked super good, but why mm-hmm. didn't you at the beginning say, hmm, this feels weird? It's because like her and so many other people, you know, in this whole controversy, they were like, 
people were saying, I didn't even know that people with limb differences existed. Like, that was a legit thing. I don't think that's what she thought, but I think because it's so not, like, disability in general is so not in our... So removed from the country. so removed. It's so pushed down into our shadow because it's so, quote-unquote, undesirable and bad and all these things that our society talks about disability. It's not, you know, people with without disability in our experience, they don't have to think about it. Why would they? It's uncomfortable to have to think about it when, you know, it's so much easier not to, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, a lot of the feedback and the trolls on Twitter and stuff were just like, oh, I didn't even know these people existed and, like, you're so sensitive. Like, And Bill Mayer actually did a video about it, too, and, and was very problematic in his response. Like, basically just like, oh, come on, people. Like, do you have to complain about everything? Like, people with limb differences, like, what are you, blah, blah, blah. It was awful. Wow. <laughs> like, well, I, I've hated Belmar for a while now, so now look at the reason to hate Belmar even more. Um, I, know, I know. It's just like, come on. Yeah. But I, I think... There's the lack of empathy and, and yeah, it's just ridiculous. I but. think the way you did it was so... Like I, and I watched the whole thing and I was like, this is really important. And I think I shared it on, on social media somewhere because I was like, yeah, this is you. so valuable because I think, you know you in what you're doing have such an impact and like like I said earlier, you worked with kids and you work with like mm-hmm. big names with limb differences and like to see you do that, put it in context for me, obviously I knew it was wrong as soon as I started hearing why it's like mm-hmm. why it was happening. But to see you do that was I was like, that's awesome. So I, I commend you for that and thank you for putting that on social media because it's not easy. And putting it on blind yeah. and doing that, it's not easy. Absolutely. No, it was a vulnerable time, and I'm I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, thank you. That's that's really really great. Um, my last question that I have written down, but I'm sure we'll go off on like tangents here. But my last proper question was, and because this sort of is a sexy podcast, slash not really, slash maybe it is. I don't I don't anymore. It's gone through like a million transformations in the past four years. But <laughs> for you. What do you think the sexiest part of the kitchen is as a as a disabled person? Ooh. Okay, like all right, well, there's a couple different things. Like one is like a material thing. Like I love expensive sharp ass knives and I love like handling them. So just like knives are sexy as fuck. Like I just I love knives. Those are great. But I, I think for me in my own body experience, um, you know, like, it's nice when, like, I, I get a lot more food on myself than, say, maybe your typical person with, like, you know, two hands. I spill more. I get messier. I get food on my stump. So there's a lot more opportunities for me to, like, lick my fingers, lick my stump, <laughs> like, have my partner, like, lick my face, mm-hmm. lick my arm, you know. So there's a lot more playfulness, I think. Um, and just, you know, if, if you're okay with a little bit of mess, and, you know, when you, you know, spill a little bit of maple syrup down your, you know, arm or hand or whatever, it's just really fun to be able to have fun with that, with your, with other body parts. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Do so you, I think just that's, that's a really sexy part of it. Have you had other liquids on your stump? And, again, this is, this is a sexy All, podcast, So <laughs> I've had a lot of different types of liquid on my stump, and we'll just leave it there. Amazing. Perfect. Thank you. Um... 
And so I did, I did an episode on this show, like, I want to say 100-some episodes ago, about the sexiest, most accessible foods to eat on a first date as a, <laughs> as a disabled person. And I talked about, like, you know, or what, what foods a partner could feed you. And I'm pretty sure I said stuff like cheesecake, burgers, fries, like, easy stuff. So uh-huh. if a partner was to help you, like, eat, let's say you need yeah. that, or, like, yeah. As somebody with your lens of disability, yeah, what do you? Yeah. What is like the sexiest food that you would want to eat or or cut up or make? You know, okay, this is gonna sound really fucking weird, but as you were saying that, and it it also kind of like, you know, takes back the agency from the story of my my friend who had the the waiter or the server asked to cut up her food for her kind of like puts flips that on on his head because I think having my partner make like the most and this is in a world where I'm not a vegan okay like this is in a world where I eat like the the most incredible cuts of meat it's not my reality but if I did she would cook me the most beautiful steak and cut it with like the most beautiful steak knife because that's not something like, it's something I, I could do in a very poor, maybe unsafe way. Um, plus, I've never really had to do it. But if she did that, I think that would be really, really cool. Like, cook me a sweet-ass steak, cut it up, feed it to me. Um, that would be a really kind of neat shift of, you know, shift of roles, I think, in a way. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I do think. agency and be sexy. <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to lie. For a minute there, I was like, that's a really hot visual. Somebody should feed me a steak. I'm... <laughs> right? Like, so much With I all want the juices, that. like, flowing out. Yeah, like, the juices, like, yeah. sliding down. It could be so hot. I support that 100%. 100%. <laughs> Maybe we can try it with, like, a Beyond Burger. <laughs> yeah, we'll just get... Like we'll just, yeah, we'll just get, like, when I when, when it's safe to see each other in the world, we'll get, like, <laughs> we'll get some, some Beyond Burger meat, and we'll... Yeah. Like, make it, we'll do a whole, like, sexy... Have a good time. I mean, I don't know your YouTube audience entirely, but that could be a hilarious YouTube video. (laughs) We'll see. Maybe 2021 will be ready for that. We're not sure. Yes. Amazing. Um, This, I had such a great chat with you. I had so much fun doing this today, and I loved sitting and talking about this. And it's been such a long time coming. Oh, I could chat with you forever. Forever. We could just sit for hours. And, so I want to invite you to come back on whenever you want. Just let me know of, like, ideas, and we'll just throw it in. Because we, months ago, started talking about doing doing a food show on here called, like, mm-hmm. I can't remember what her name was, like, Spokes, Spoons, and something. Spokespoons and Stumps or something like that, I think. Yeah, something like that. That yeah. was it. And we wanted to talk about food and disability. So... If you listeners liked this episode, and I know you all did, so if you like this episode, go on the social media to 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 Drew Gerza on my on my Insta, on my Instagram and my Twitter, or mm-hmm. the Just Ask Dark Pod Twitter, and let me know what other stuff Alexis and I can come on and talk about, like once a month, once every other month. We'll figure it out. We'll have Alexis on again because I love it's the so idea fun. of talking food and disability. There's so much there, and there's so much that I think has been ignored by mm-hmm. popular, like, food outlets and stuff like that. So I'd love to, to have your ideas. I went, Alexis is the pro totally here. Agree. I'm just the guy that's like, I love food. Let's talk about it. So it's <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, that would be wonderful. This is so great. Thank you so much for having me on. Anytime. And like I said, I'm going to have you back. I'm going to find another foodie angle to be like, let's talk about this together. Um, you got it. 
But in the meantime, how can the people that are listening support you and how can they follow what you're doing? Uh, yeah, awesome. Um, you know, you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Sound Kitchen. Follow me on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, like you, I'm also on uh, Patreon, so people can support my Patreon page if they want to. Um, but yeah, even just, just watching the videos is a huge support. Um, so I always love having new new audience members. Amazing. Well, if you can throw a dollar to me, you can definitely throw a dollar to Alexis. So oh, you silly human. <laughs> if it's possible. And I, it's funny, we support each other on, on Patreon, so basically we're canceling each other out. We basically, like... Well, kind of, like, I supported you, and then you were sweetheart, and you supported me for, like, a dollar more than I supported you, and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm the worst, but I was like, because I just think that disabled people doing shit is so cool, and it's my favorite thing, so I was like, I want to, I want to just be like, you. there, take more. Um, <laughs> so, this was such a fantastic episode, I love it so much. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today, Alexis, and we will have you back on so soon. Yes, thank you so much, I loved it. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Can't you see why Alexis would be an amazing recurring guest to have on the show to talk about food? She's so fun, so approachable, and I love what she's doing with Stump Kitchen. So I'll make sure to have the links to her show and to all of her stuff in the show notes today. Please have a look at that. Please go follow her work. And I also love the discussion we had about parenting and disability. Such an important discussion and so valuable. And I'm really glad that she brought that up and we had that discussion. Just great to have her on. And you will definitely be hearing more of her throughout the run of the show. Also, hey, I want to have you on Disability After Dark to shine a bright light on your disability stories. So if you want to tell your story, be sure to email me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. And I would love to have you on. And as the show has expanded past just sexuality, we can talk about anything regarding disability you want to bring to light. That's the whole point of the show, is to bring to light, to shine a light on stories that we don't often hear about. So please email me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. I check all the emails personally, and I would love to have you on. Alright, that was another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories, a part of the Wheels on the Ground network. I am really, really happy you came to this one. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.drewgerza.com, and you can follow me on all my socials at, at DrewGerza. So Instagram and Twitter at DrewGerza. You can also follow the podcast at DisAftDarkPod on Twitter. Remember, if you want to be a part of the show, you can email us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us a little bit about why you want to be on the show, and we'd love to have you. The show is, again, no longer just a sex and disability podcast. We want to talk to you about everything. So drop us a line. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Remember, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and pledge as little as $1 a month or as much as $5 a month or more to keep a bright light shining on these stories. I'm your host, Drew Gerza, your disabled daddy. Thank you so much for listening to this Wheels on the Ground production, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye!
Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Drew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020-2021